Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns podcast where we'll uncover the timeless investment principles so you can escape the rat race, earn passive income and create lasting wealth. I'm Pete Wargent, investor and financial coach and I'm joined by Stephen Moriarty, private investor and the co-author of our new book, Low Rates High Returns. In each episode of this podcast, we talk about the crucial concepts around managing your own money, how to invest, when to invest and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice, and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show. We're always talking about investing, and we understand that is why so many folks follow us. But we do like to broaden things out and keep life interesting, so we're going to do a mini-series on the 4Fs model for life. Fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. Money is a means to an end for many of us, and while it can help to express who we are, we think at some point all of us should take a look at what makes for a successful life, whether that's as a single person, a parent, a mentor or simply a student of life. So we hope you enjoy this series. It's the 4Fs model for life. Fun Fitness, Finance and Philosophy with me, Pete Wargen and Stephen Moriarty. Cheers. G'day, welcome to the Low Rates, High Returns podcast with me, Pete Wargen. I'm here with Stephen Moriarty as always. G'day, Steve. How are you, Pete? I'm really well, thanks. So a, a nice light-hearted episode today. Uh, the next F in our 4Fs model. Today we're going to talk about fun, so hopefully it should be a fun episode today, <laughs> Steve. Let's give it a shot. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah, uh, if you feel the need, you can. Yeah, I mean, if, if we can't make an episode about fun, uh, fun, then we're, we're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, uh, there's, Editor. My, there's, my, there's my square word for the night. <laughs> yeah, it's all out. So, uh, I, so I was watching this um, TV series this week uh, by uh, Bill Bryson, the author, and he did a TV series, I think, with the BBC on notes from a small island i think it was about 20 years ago or so and he was saying how he arrived in england at uh, probably dover i think on on the boat and this is as a backpacker and he just he was absolutely enthralled by the different language and routines and tradition and transport in in the uk and he ended up staying for more than 20 years and it, it kind of resonated with me because uh, it just reminded me of coming to australia back in the 1990s and uh, my first experience was you know the pubs were different the beers were different the betting shops were different the cricket was different the girls were different you know and then when I finally got out of the city you could see the flora uh, the flora and fauna and the landscape within the beaches were all different I, I just found the entire experience intoxicating and I don't yeah. just mean that two is new I mean the, the whole experience was exhilarating now, obviously, I really loved Australia and a bit like um, Bill Bryson, I, I ended up staying in Oz for more than 20 years. But I think as I've got older, I've come to realise, for me, it's more about the uh, the adventure, the new experiences, uh, the travel. And I think, uh, yeah, as uh, Basil Fawlty might say, some of those avenues of pleasure have been closed off because I don't really gamble or, or smoke or drink these days. But I still do find uh, travel and experience is one of the most exhilarating things I can imagine. I think, you know, if I think of my dream day, it would probably be, I don't know, sitting in an Italian coffee shop, sampling the local coffee, 
reading the newspaper and just observing the world around me. But that's just me. I've, I've found over yeah. time for me, travel and experience is where I get most of my real exciting fun these days. But it's obviously different. Some people are into poetry. Other people are into, uh, I don't know, they get their kicks from the gym, as you said the other day. So today we're talking about uh, the F part of our four Fs model and um, I guess how everybody needs to find a place in their life for having some fun. Yeah, it. Um, well, I'm just listening to you then, I was just thinking yeah, that's a typical sort of type seven response, you know, which is to travel because sevens like new experiences. They don't like constraints. And so when you travel, generally you're not constrained. You know, you can go wherever you want. Also, the stuff about coffee shops is just being out and about amongst people. But the interesting point is you're sort of, um, there's, this, <laughs> there's this old joke, I won't tell it, but um, the idea <laughs> being that you can actually have fun without, in two ways. One, without laughing, you know, where you can just sit and observe the world go by, but also, too, that you can do that by yourself as opposed to doing it with other people. I think we generally tend to think if you have fun, then it's with friends or doing an activity, whereas a lot of the time you can just do it by yourself and it's, it's not, I suppose it's fun, but to me it's more like a contentment, you know, in, in terms of, and that's what I really like doing. I really like being contented. I like having fun, but for me I sort of think, well, being contented, I, I just maintain a certain disposition, if I can put it to you that way, you know, like not, not lots of fun and then, you know, no fun at all. So I don't, I try to keep the wave, if I can put it that way, fairly sort of shallow and keep myself on a fairly even sort of keel, even though I'm doing things that I think are fun. Yeah, so one of the uh, the eight characteristics that we use across the 4Fs model is balance because I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, they, they certainly when people uh, take intoxicants or narcotics, you know, there's always that that sense that for every high there must be a corresponding yeah. low. It's an interesting uh, question, actually. You know, can you have too much fun? Because I, I guess to a certain degree, if you're just having fun all of the time, then you don't necessarily appreciate it. And there's an old saying that what make what makes a glass useful is what is not there, yeah. i.e. the space. Yeah. And I think uh, I think back to, for example, when I went to university, which is essentially three years dedicated almost entirely to the pursuit of having fun. So <laughs> there weren't many weren't many lectures being attended. But uh, I think by the end of three years, I was a little bit over it and I just wanted to get out and do something different and try and be more productive and uh, I think when you're just doing purely fun things there's there is a bit of a sense of a a lack of balance and I think this this would apply to you know drinking drugs but probably the same like anything you know drink too much coffee or too much sunbathing is bad for you I think uh, you know too much of a good thing uh, might not be a good part of the four f's yeah it um it's interesting because that when I think about stocks, the fun part is when the market's going up. You know, like everybody loves their stocks going up because that's the you know that's the the fun part of investing. The really awful part is when stocks go down, and yet you you know in your heart that stocks go up and stocks go down. You just hope that they go up more than they go down. 
And the, the interesting thing about finance is they sort of say, oh, well, you know, finance shouldn't be fun or good, good investing shouldn't be fun. It should be sort of cold and rational. And I think that's sort of right, but I think, I think you can still have fun with it in the sense of, and, and this probably goes for any of the, the four Fs, in investigating and just getting a better handle on what, the, what fun is, but more importantly, what it is to every individual, because we all have different things that we like doing. And the interesting part for me is sort of philosophically is saying, um, I, I've always tried to say, well, how can I have fun by myself, which is usually through my guitar, and then how can I have fun what I sort of think is externally or with other people, and that's usually going out for dinner and, and that sort of stuff. But like you say, over the, the last 40 years, it's changed a lot from being at university and just getting sort of pie-eyed every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for five pounds <laughs> yeah, that's right it, i think uh yeah i mean there is um, that concept of the hedonic treadmill that um and i suppose it's a, a variation on the theme of mean reversion that yeah. um for sure you can have a lot of pleasure and excitement and fun but we probably build up some level of tolerance to that in 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 a lot of senses and um, you can end up reverting back to a mean or average level of happiness and that probably applies right throughout your entire life the types of fun that you might have may change over time but your average level of happiness i think there have been some uh, books about uh, for example the happiness curve which talks about uh, people get a bit dissatisfied with their life as they get towards the age of 30 because it is not living up to expectations but then as you gradually get to understand yourself a bit better it improves again over time so it makes kind of a nice smile or a smile or tick shape yeah, the concept of the hedonic treadmill is is probably quite valid in that you, you can't just be. It's a bit of a yin yang thing, you know. You can't you can't just have fun because you wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate it if nothing else. If one of the reasons that people enjoy their annual holidays because it's something different from the the day to day. Um, so I guess so. Uh, we do have this uh, this concept of or this general thought that fun has to be spontaneous. Is that is that necessarily the case or is it? something you can you can schedule in I, i'd certainly i know when i moved in drinking circles there was this old uh, theory that went around that the best nights out are always those where you know you pop out for for one or two and then at midnight you're, you're down at the Kuji bay hotel <laughs> partying the, the <laughs> night away but um i can remember one day when i was living in uh, sheffield uh, back in i think the, the 1990s and we we popped down to the brewery pub for just a, a quick beer and then uh it was the Champions League final with Manchester United and Bayern Munich and uh, it turned into a, one of the great nights out. And uh, so sometimes uh, there's a, a kind of a spontaneity that can make these things more pleasurable. But does fun have to be spontaneous or, or can you actually book it in or schedule it? I think you can you could probably benefit from both. These days, I don't sort of, well, I don't schedule fun itself, but I sort of tend to think, I'm going to do this at that time and I know that will be fun. I think that's more more or less the case. The other one is what you were saying before about, you know, you go out for one or two and then it ends up being, you know, a dozen or two. The thing I think that is interesting about that is the spontaneity of it and a little bit of breaking the rules, you know, like, 
you you fully expected to have one or two beers and then go, right, you know, I've got to go home. And the fun is obviously doing what you're doing, you know, like you're saying, watching a Champions League match or something, but also just for the fact that it wasn't something that you'd actually contemplated. You've sort of gone, I'm going to go down the pub, I'm going to have one or two, and then I'll, you know, I'll leave at 8 o'clock before things get rowdy and that'll be it. So you're not, your expectations are, are quite low. The flip side is often interesting as well where you think something's going to be fun and it turns out not to be fun. That, you know, I think that can be in situations like you go and see a movie or you go and see a comedian and it turns out not to be, not what lived up to your expectations. So I think you can, I don't think you can structure it formally, so to speak, but what I found was once I retired, I became actually, this is going to sound paradoxical, but I became more spontaneous but then also more structured as well. And I think it was because I had more time and so I was able to structure things but then at the same time not be committed to it because it was a, it's a little bit like um, when we introduced video re- recording, you know, it was like, well, I don't have to watch the show live. Now I can just video it. And it's the same with streaming. You know, these days now you can watch basically whatever you want whenever you want. Um, and I don't know about you, but I find myself actually watching very little at all because I think I can watch it any time I want. I never end up watching it. And so, you know, that takes a bit of the, the, the pressure off the idea that you've got to do it at a, at a particular time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there there are certain things um, that I do watch. I, I guess basically it boils down to live events and sports and maybe a bit of news because it's it is something that's happening in the moment. But yeah, I mean, actually tuning into the television, I, I can't even remember the last time yeah. I, I switched on the TV to watch uh, a, an event. M- maybe Gardener's World as a as a weekly uh, <laughs> thing Gardening. that I watch. But yeah, <laughs> did I, you live uh, in the wildlife, yeah, Pete? I told you the avenues of pleasure have been uh, have been closed off. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we we do um, uh, tend to find that fun is 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 kind of non linear. So it almost comes in bursts as a, a power law distribution rather than uh, something that um, is a normal distribution. I think that the point on scheduling is is an interesting one. I mean, for example, you mentioned TV there. We with the kids we have on Friday nights we just do a movie night uh, where the kids get to choose a movie and we have hot dogs, uh, vegetarian, I should say. But uh, I think it's just if you just book that in as a regular event, it does mean it, it creates a certain level of accountability. So it's it's more le- more likely to happen. And I think as well, when you've got uh, sections of, of the week set aside for having a bit of fun, uh, you're probably a bit less likely to feel deprived and overindulge. Uh, so it's not like there's a huge amount of planning required. It's just a bit of structure and a bit of discipline, which is one of the other characteristics of the 4F. You know, you just put it into the routine. Uh, I think as well, you mentioned that maybe for introverts, more of their fun might be driven by activities alone, like uh, going for a walk or exercise, whereas extroverts feel the need for, for fun to be surrounded by other people so I guess there's probably a combination of the two is probably the best yeah I think so I think a lot of the time generally sort of thought that weekends are the time where you have fun 
Um, and again, just my own experience of sort of retirement, if I can put it that way, is the days, and I remember my father saying this to me, you know, once you retire, the days become a little bit sort of meaningless unless you do have some structure around it. But although weirdly enough, uh, you know, you and I, you know, mentor people in our program, but Saturday and uh, Friday and Saturday night for me are still sort of a fun night or, you know, it's something to be excited about. I wouldn't do something on a, and I probably never have, I've always looked at um, school nights as I put them as sort of the discipline nights and Friday and Saturday as the times that I can sort of have fun. So for consequently for me, I seldom went out during the week because it was like, no, 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 I've got to work, I've got to work. So, you know, I can't go to concerts or anything like that. And it was, there was no real reason why. It was just my idea of how I'd sort of structured my life. And I think that, but in, in my mind, that made going out on the weekends and having fun more intense, if I can put it to you that way. So, you know, for me, that was about being more excited about looking forward to an event, which itself was fun. And as I was saying before, you could sort of, you get really excited about event and then you do the event and think, well, it wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. But that's because you probably had unrealistic unrealistic expectations about what it was going to be like in the first place. Oh, yeah. I think uh, New Year's Eve is a classic. Yeah, event, yeah. Isn't it? People, people build it up for months in advance and, oh, we have to go to the Hogmanay Festival or go somewhere else. And it, it quite often ends in tears because people have, have built up this event um, and it can literally end in tears sometimes, and it, it often doesn't young. live up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, I think it, it can often fail to live up to the big expectations. Interesting, you mentioned the Friday Saturday thing. I, I think as a as a young man living in Sydney, there was always this theory as well that the best nights out are Thursday night because uh, you know you're not supposed to be out, and it's only the the more hardcore people committed to having fun and excitement. And uh, I'm I'm not sure how much truth there was in that, and, or maybe we we're just all a bunch of uh, drunks. Uh, drunks, but uh, yeah, <laughs> much more likely uh, explanation. I think um, on the on the point of scheduling, actually, I I mentioned before um, university and uh, lectures, and I, I can't say I had a a 100% attendance record, but we had this uh, this absolutely brilliant lecturer where I went to university in Sheffield and he used to rattle through the first um, 22 minutes of his content and then he'd just stop and say, right, take a break, uh, go and have a cup of coffee or you know, just chat amongst yourselves. And it, his theory was that after 22 minutes, everybody would stop listening because our attention span is a lot shorter yeah. than people believe it to be. And I think a lot of studies have kind of... Uh, back that up over time that our attention span is is probably less than what we believe it to be so i think in in terms of scheduling that's a that's a pretty good argument in favor of actually scheduling fun and vacations first because if you do that it will probably force your working hours to become more productive and i think as well it, it can also scheduling vacations and break time first i mean it, it can help you to avoid resentment as it relates to work and it can also help to de-stress and and promote creativity because I, I think as we've talked about before 
you often find your creative moments are those that are actually spent away from the laptop yeah. and away from the office. So I think um, a bit of anticipation is good, but certainly I think prioritizing yourself and prioritizing some fun and self-care, I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, it's, I, these days I, I, as I've gotten older, I've sort of rethought or just I haven't rethought, but I've just noticed that I'm a lot different to what I was 30-odd years ago, which is, you know, that's probably pretty well par for the course. But what I've found now is a lot of my sort of enjoyable or fun activities are basically like we were talking about before, which was just sitting in the the room, you know, noodling on my guitar or going for a walk or even just having structured free time, um, reading, you know, those sorts of things that I really um, think about as fun. And the thing that I was saying earlier was what I tried, uh, what I noticed was with other people was some people's fun was dependent upon a specific situation. Some people do a sport or an activity and the problem is that's okay, but if the other person doesn't turn up or if it's wet weather or something like that, then that means you've got to change it. Whereas I've always sort of thought, well, I want to find an outdoor activity that's fun and probably like you, that's mainly sport, you know, like I played tennis and squash and stuff and you probably did cri- and you did cricket. But I also thought I need to find a, an indoor activity that's fun. And one of the things that has been in, that I've been sort of probably surprised about is the level of concern or difficulties, probably the word, um, with people over COVID and being in a lockdown, you know, and how hard that's been for a lot of people because I think a lot of it has been predicated on, like you were saying before, travel, but also um, just being out and about. And so I think, you know, like I've always been fortunate that I can, you know, sit on my bum and read, play guitar, I can look at the internet and without this overwhelming desire that I've got to leave. And so I I found the lockdown, admittedly in Brisbane, I think we went six weeks or something, um, but I, I didn't find it that that difficult, whereas I know a lot of people really struggled with it. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think uh, take a person like uh, my mum, for example, she's found it. Uh, it's just been her worst nightmare because she's a real people person. Right. You know, she likes meeting people, chatting. I mean, she she's a. I think she's become a warden at her local church. She's not even religious. She just <laughs> loves being around. You know, yeah, yeah. Just loves being around other people and just you know being a. I wouldn't say busybody, but just understanding what's going on yeah. and having a you know being sociable and chatting to people. I think a, a lot of us are, are more comfortable with our own space, uh, but it, it takes all sorts. I, I think, um, so this week, Steve, we actually just did um, our Mastermind Intensive workshop in Sydney. And one of the exercises we do is set um, uh, some three-year goals, and then we bring it down to more immediate uh, projects uh, projects, and action plans. And I think um, the fun element of that exercise um, is, is just one part of what we do. Obviously, finance and business and personal goals are another part. I um, mean, it, it does, it helps us to uh, create a level of accountability. It also uh, gives people a way of measuring progress. I think the, the fun element of that 
Uh, obviously, it's different for each of us. And I don't want to sound too much like a chartered accountant where you have to sort of almost check a box, uh, you know, make a list <laughs> of fun things to do. But it, it may be a useful exercise, as uh, as Kondo uh, says, is to, to find out what sparks joy in your life and almost uh, list out some of those things. So as you said, for some people, you want to spend some time outdoors. So I enjoy gardening. Uh, you mentioned you've got uh, uh, solitude uh, playing the guitar for you, but also other things where you might, for example, spend dinner time with friends. Now, there's there's all different kinds of ways to have fun. They don't they don't all have to involve uproarious laughter or, or crazy excitement. But I think uh, having some kind of a list or a list of ways to improve your mood and have fun it can be a useful way especially for people who are prone like myself to getting into a bad mood or becoming grouchy. I think sometimes just having a big, long list of ways to change your state, whether that's exercising, listening to music, giving someone a phone call, I think actually that can be a useful trigger point for people just to break free from a bad mood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one thing I I noticed, as I said, years ago. I thought to myself, I'm... (laughs) A bit self-congratulatory, but I thought, geez, you know, I'm lucky. I really, I really don't mind sitting around all day and reading a book or playing my guitar or, you know, watching a YouTube videos with music and stuff. And I, I noticed that some people struggle with those sort of aspects where their fun activity, if I can put it that way, is dependent upon something else, uh, be it other people. Uh, the weather or those sorts of things. So I think it's really important to sit down and have a think about those, you know, how can I have fun? Or And and the funny thing is I was saying to my uh, son, 14-year-old son the other day, I, you know, I want you to find some activities and some exercise because he's a he does a lot of skating but the skating rink is closing. So I said to him, well, look, you know, you're going to have to find something else to do what do you want to do? And he said, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, you want to try lots of things. But it, it was interesting because I didn't, you know, I automatically thought, oh, well, of course, it'll have to be fun, right, you know, like because if it's not fun, well, he won't want to do it. But that's not actually the, that's not actually always the case, particularly when you start out doing something for, for example, for type threes, it might be oh, I'm just going to play tennis because my friends have invited me. And then you find it's fun and you want to get better at it. And, again, you you work your own personality or those own aspects of what makes you tick into the into the um, into your criteria for um, over the four Fs. And so, again, it's always really important to look at it on, a, on that individual level. And like you were saying before, you know, your mum your mum is a people person, and therefore a lot of her her fun is connected with, you know, relationships and stuff. And, you know, it's partially the same for introverts as well, but they're just better generally at handling time by themselves. And so the idea is, uh, in my mind, is to say, well, I'm an extrovert. What can I do that's sort of introverted that I would consider fun? And and for me that's reading books um, and playing the guitar. I don't really need anybody else there to perform to or to talk to about reading. It's just my sort of my solitude. And I think that's the important part of the, the, the one of the really good things about the Enneagram is being able to say, 
what do I, you know, what's the yang to my yin? And yin being your natural personality, you want to sort of look over the other side and say, well, what, what do I have to do to try and, you know, balance if that's the right word or make yourself whole? And a lot of the time it's stuff that is difficult to do because it's running against your natural personality. And so if you can find something that's fun, that generally makes it somewhat easier to do. Yeah, completely. You made a, a good point there as well, actually, in terms of the people that you hang around with. Uh, there, there's always that phrase, isn't there, about the you know the sum of the the half dozen people that yeah. you spend the most time with. And I, I think um, having some fun friends around the place is obviously going to help. I, I mentioned before my university days. I, on my first day at university, I didn't know anybody when I, I rocked up, and I was so fortunate in hindsight that the guy in the room. Uh, next to me, a guy called Rich, who who now lives in New Zealand. He was just one of these people who's just a natural, um, experience-driven person. And he, even at the age of nineteen, he'd already uh, done a driving tour across America, and he'd been here, there, and everywhere. And every day, he'd just wake up and say, "Right, today we're going. I don't know, dry scopes, dry slope skiing, or water skiing, or taking a hike in the Peak District." He's just one of those naturally action-driven people. And for me, you know, obviously I coattailed on that. And I think um, probably a decent lesson there is if, if you want to have a um, an element of fun in your life, as everybody should, uh, having some fun friends is obviously going to help. So if you're going to build an action plan, which is in fact what we do in our Next Level Wealth coaching programs, that's part of what we do, and particularly the mastermind intensive workshops, uh, I think that is one of the factors to keep in mind is to make some fun friends. I think um, setting some kind of a fun target in adverted commas is a good thing to do and to, to make a schedule. And in particular, I think schedule your vacations and fun first and then try and work in the gaps because if you prioritize it, you'll find that your work naturally becomes more productive. But I think the key probably takeaway from this, uh, Steve, is that you know if you go on holiday once a year, you really look forward to it. But if you're on holiday all of the time it kind of becomes normal and a bit boring so i suppose of the eight characteristics uh, that we use in the 4f's model certainly a level of discipline is important but in particular it's about balance really isn't it it's about having a part of your life which is set aside for fun while bearing in mind the other three f's yeah i think so i think balance is probably the most important one um and then after that there's probably a couple i think um curiosity is, a, is an interesting one because generally, you know, I, I would find, like you were saying about friendships, you know, you, when you go somewhere by yourself, you, you tend to be a little bit, most of us, not all of us, of course, but you tend to be a little bit nervous and you don't know anybody and, you know, you, you're trying to figure out whether it's going to be, you know, enjoyable or not. Um, and, and what you find is most of the time it grows on you then, it, you know, you go to somewhere and you think, oh, geez, I'm not sure about this. Then after that night or the day or whatever the event is, you then have a different perspective on it and it, it then becomes more fun rather than being, you know, nerve-wracking or something. So I think you've, if you maintain a level of curiosity, I think that helps in getting those fun aspects into your life. But I know for me 
that's actually trying things that I generally sort of go, nah, I don't want to do that. And then when I've done them, I'm going, oh, actually, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I think that's really important. The other one I think is planning. And we've been talking about this through the, the, the podcast. It seems funny, but I think really if you do plan to, to act, plan and actively think about, okay, what am I going to do that's fun? then you can actually structure around it. I mean, as you know, Pete, um, we were talking about loneliness in a, a few episodes ago, and one of the funny things about loneliness is people don't actively structure to avoid getting lonely or thinking, well, I'm lonely. Okay, well, I'm going to go and join a dance club or, you know, I'm going to go and do something and stop being lonely. You tend to, it tends to spiral downwards, and so... Before that happens, what you want to do is actually have a sit down and have a think about what are the fun things that, you know, you think and then actively develop a plan to do those things. Yeah, I think this is particularly uh, pertinent for me at the moment because, uh, as you know, travel is the thing that uh, pushes my buttons. But it must be, what, 18 months since we went over to Dublin together. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been – uh, challenging for people like my mum who are people persons during the uh, the COVID restrictions, but especially for people who like international travel because that's been thrown into total disarray, although Europe travel is back on the cards now. Um, I, but I, I remember from our trip to Ireland, Steve, that uh, the, you know you, you found in particular some of the, the time sitting around in airports waiting for the, the flights yeah. uh, that were being delayed. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't suit everybody. No. And... Uh, that's that's why it's about finding an action plan that works for you. Uh, so, uh, but that's my cross to bear. I've got a big uh, global map in my lounge, and I've got another one in the kitchen. I, I I seem to sit there staring at it, looking at all the countries I can't go to. So, uh, I, I need to uh, uh, he- heal myself on that point and actually uh, take on board an action plan that incorporates other fun interest instead of global travel so that's it for today um if you're interested in knowing more about our coaching programs we'll put all the detail there below there's also a uh, free ebook and a chapter from our book there that you can download for free so thanks for joining and look forward to seeing you next week cheers steve cheers mate thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book low rates high returns just visit www.lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy the things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances Stephen and i are both on linkedin and twitter so do reach out and connect with us And finally, it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps others to find the show. Now take care and invest wisely. Cheers.